Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Hey, Dome Heads, it's time. Doug and Karen are ready to deliver the latest issue of Chester's Mill Gazette and share their thoughts on this week's episode of Under the Dome. Are you ready? Here are your hosts, Doug and Karen. Hello there and welcome. Thanks for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette. I'm crime beat reporter Doug Payton. And I am the crop reporter Karen Lindsay. We are hot off the presses with this issue for season two, episode two, Infestation. In the masthead, we have writers for this episode were Kelly Souders and Brian Peterson, and the director was Ernest Dickerson, for those of you reading along at home. (laughs) And now it's time to get into some headlines. Get the headlines top of the fold. Karen, tell us about the ratings this time around. Not as good as uh, they were before. No, be happy to, though. Um... We still won the night. That's good. Uh, Under the Dome dipped about 20% in the second week. It still led Monday overall, but it fell behind the Monday originals uh, in the key demo. Fox won um, in, the, in the key demos. Under the Dome won the 10 p.m. hour overall with 7.71 million, but finished second with a 1.7 rating among adults, 18 to 49. The now, magic demographic. Yeah, that's the magic. That's the money demo. And, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, that's that's a whole philosophical debate for another time. But that's fine with me because uh, now they don't care about me anymore. I'm still there. I'm still in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread there at the end. But, uh, yeah, again, our, our rating system's really messed up. Um, so... NBC's American Ninja Warrior won the hour in the key demo with a 1.9. So a 1.9 versus a 1.7. It, it was not a big deal. Um, so, you know, not a big deal. Yeah, sounds good. It's uh, the second episode and, you know, people got, uh, there was a lot of buzz at the very beginning of this season. You know, it's coming back and all that stuff. And Stephen King's writing and now Stephen King isn't writing this one. So, yeah. It's kind of hard, though, to to really keep up with this series if you just, you know, watch it every so often. I can imagine that uh, that would make it really difficult to keep an eye on what's going on. Sure. And always, I mean, almost always, the second episode, unless it's like a two-part episode, um, the second episode always dips from the first. So it was to be expected, although, you know, it did win the time slot, technically. That's good. And CBS is going to be having an Under the Dome panel at San Diego Comic-Con, for those of you uh, hitting the West Coast, uh, just, uh, I think it's later this month. Mm. They're going to have an exclusive sneak preview at what's to come in Season 2, and then we're going to have a panel discussion, not we, they are going to have a panel discussion with uh, cast members Mike Vogel, that's Barbie, Dean Norris, Big Jim, Rachel LeFevre, Julius Shumway, Alexander Koch, Jr., Colin Ford, Joe, and Eddie Cahill, and I should know who he plays. Oh, that's Sam Verdreau. Okay. All righty. He did a little looking up here at the last minute, and there we are. Sam Verdreau. Okay. And the executive producer, Neil Bear, will also be there. So if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, you can check out the Under the Dome panel. All righty. Sounds like it'll be exciting. It, yeah, it should be. That's got uh, quite a cast there, uh, a lot of the main folks, and... Uh, it should be uh, it should be a, a lot of fun, especially when you get to see a little bit of the things that are coming up in season two. Mm. I would love to be there. I was there for a lost panel once, and it was a lot of fun. Did you ever find it? Ha 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 ha! Thank you. It was actually when they were doing the lost experience over the summer, um, and we had to find clues um, to get. Oh, the game they were playing thing. over the over yeah, on the web over yeah, the summer, it was yeah. the ARG alternate, alternate reality, reality game. Yep, so it was cool. I had a candy bar and everything. <laughs> an Apollo bar. All righty. That's right. I had an Apollo bar. 
Okay, but this is about Under the Dome. This is a yeah, newspaper about Chester's Mill, and it's time to get to the episode discussion. Our top story, Monarchs Falling in Lines. Well, That's they what were we're going falling. With. They were. And uh, on top of uh, Joe and Nori, and that was, as I mentioned last week, that would seem to be a bit of a buzzkill when uh, when you're trying to make your moves out in the, the woods there, but... Uh, mm. but he took it well in stride, and he let us know that, in fact, this is their natural progression, you know, their end of their life cycle, and really pushing that uh, the, the life theme for those of us who are just looking at pink stars falling in line. Yeah, they were hitting us over the head with the life cycle thing last night. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I gave this episode a seven Hungry Hungry Caterpillars rating because... It was a little. It was a little less of a bang, of course, than the season premiere. It, kind of to be expected. Uh, so it's a, so it's a little below that, and it was it was still setting up. We're still putting some of the uh, the chess pieces in motion. We've got some of the uh, the new characters last week. We are dealing with the death of Angie now, and you know the the little uh, the murder mystery thing going on there. The thing with the uh, butterflies and the and the caterpillars eating up the crops, interesting, but uh, you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a big bang episode. It was is it, it just a, it was it was okay, and we'll get a little more into that later. But yeah, I give it a seven. What'd you give it? I give it a seven. Cheap MacGuffiny bracelets. MacGuffiny. Now that's not what the bracelet was made of. No. Um, <laughs> I guess I should explain MacGuffiny in case. People don't know what that means. It's a kind of behind-the-scenes term. It was coined by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, it's a motivating element in a story that is used to drive the plot, but it's not a plot element. Um, it serves no further purpose. Um, like, we'll never see it again, most likely. It won't explain the ending. It won't do anything except distract us while we try to figure out what its significance is. Um it's just something that people are chasing. It did move the plot along a little bit to try to look as though uh, Junior is the the killer. That's the one thing Joe was looking for before the uh, before the funeral. But it's not something that was has ever been brought up before. So it's right. It's never. kind of a it's kind of a cheat. You know, there, we had talked um, in in other things we've done about uh, Chekhov's. Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's yes, gun. Where you show it in, you well. show it in, uh, in 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 scene one, and then you use it in scene four. If you use it right. in scene four, you ought to show it in scene one. So, right. didn't happen here. So it was just is, all of a yeah. sudden. This is a um, if there's something that someone is looking for that's never been mentioned before, it's going to be found later on, and that's going to be a clue to something, and then we'll never see it again. And that's usually the, the mark of a MacGuffin. So to determine if something is a MacGuffin, you check to see if it's interchangeable. Um, in this case, it was a bracelet. So could it be a necklace or a coin or something like that? In this case, yes. Mm -hmm. It could have been anything she carried or held dear. Um, and does it do anything? If it does, is it ever actually used in the story? And in this case, that's a no. Um, if the answer to both is yes, then it's a plot device. And it's not a MacGuffin. Um, and if it's not a plot device, then what is it? It's a MacGuffin. There you go. And there is your literary word of the day. Now <laughs> well, we'll... <laughs> and now... it's your trope of the day. Your trope of the day. Thank you. We'll have a trope section of the newspaper. And now we'll move on to the main topic of the... The storyline. This time we had butterflies. We started out with butterflies in a lot of different places. Yeah. The mystery girl, the lady of the lake running through the woods, lots of butterflies around her. I but call her egg girl. Egg girl. Okay. Uh, I like lady of the lake. I'll go with that. You I can go know. with egg girl. And we'll know what each other is talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, we had butterflies visiting uh, Julie and Barbie. We had butter butterflies all around Joe and Nori, but you know he makes his move, and all of a sudden these these dead butterflies, uh, you know, falling out of the sky. This you know, 
we're really focusing in on them because they're going to be the central part of this uh, particular story. And then we find uh, our mystery girl lying. I At the beginning of this, I thought the butterflies are dying. Maybe she's dying, that sort of thing. End of their life cycle, end of hers. But that was so quick, it just didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, how did that hit you? Well, I didn't think it looked incredibly realistic, for one. Oh. Uh they were all perfect and flat. They looked kind of like leaves, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it kind of looked like that at the very beginning, you know, until you realize what what it is they are. Right. And Joe was like super chill about it. Like yes, he I almost had too. no reaction. I, I, I mean, when's does he see that all the time? You know, do, right? He was just like, oh yeah, it's just their life cycle, dude. Um. It, just nothing about it. I thought the same thing when I watched the preview last week. I just didn't editorialize about it too much. Um, was it just because he wanted to get it on with Nori? Or, you know, what was the deal there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, Nori seemed freaked out. As I would be, yeah. Exactly. And Joe was like, oh, whatever. And um, I don't... I don't know. And then all of a sudden, of course, they were to switch to the girl. And that's it changed their focus completely. And I don't know whether the butterflies were pointing us towards something and the girl. Um, well, they also they were also covering Angie's body. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? You know, uh, it's, is, is the dome... Are these like an emotional aspect of the dome? Uh, mm. You know, I, maybe following her, the egg girl. Possibly following because yeah, she following was her. there. And then, she, and then, be, and then, with Angie having died right there, you know, they're just kind of I don't know, entombing her. Not not so much, but maybe you know, just paying respects or something like that. I, I you know, I'm trying to figure out what's what's the significance here the dome really does mm -hmm. use those a lot there were there were uh butterflies on the outside of the dome in the first season mm -hmm. we're seeing the one monarch uh early on in the mini dome and then we're seeing you know hundreds of them we've got uh uh you know boatloads of them in this episode so yeah, lots well, lots of questions here again um, they just they seem to be following a girl in this episode well, kinda. from yeah, from yeah. Angie's body out to where she was in the woods, and so we've got uh, Junior unfortunately finding uh, the body of Angie. Yeah, that that had to be wrenching, and it takes a lot to make me feel really bad for Junior. Because mm -hmm. again, we were reminded at the beginning of this episode through Barbie's voiceover, it's only been two weeks. <laughs> so it was only two weeks ago that he held her captive in the bomb shelter. And um, for a few days, you know, so it's been a little less than two since uh, Big Jim let her out. Right. Uh, so he was, he's still very fresh off being unstable about her. And I felt bad for him finding her. Yeah. Because he did care about her, but still... He's creepy. You're not sure, you know, are you with him or are you against him? It's 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 a hard uh, line to walk here with, uh, yeah. with Junior. I, if you think about it in terms of it's only been two weeks, you got to be against him, right? I mean, he's yeah. still not stable. Has at he all. really recovered from that, you know, instability? Right. Or was it the dome doing it? You know, you have to wonder. That we always, we can always come back to that, you know. Right. That that's always well because he figured the dome was doing something to Angie. Uh, he's got, you know, he has this thing about the, and you know, last week with the magnetism, everybody said, well, the mag, the dome's magnetism was messing with people's minds and stuff like that. Right. I, well, it made them all fall down. It had to have been doing something. Yeah. And and Junior did have that little dream with his mother in it in the mm -hmm. uh, snow globe. So there is some of that. It just seems that going back to that is uh, one too it's many a, times to the well. It's a crutch. Yeah. It's a crutch. So yeah, yeah I, it's hard for me to reconcile that. I don't want to feel sorry for him or Big Jim or whoever because again, two weeks. Um, but I'm trying to not put that in my head. Although they do keep reminding us it's only been two weeks, so. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel bad if it was a book I was reading or whatever, I would feel bad for them. 
Now, Junior, uh, well, I'm sorry, James is yes. not is not entirely on board with his dad uh his good intentions his dad's you know offers of help oh no you know that sort of thing he just he's doesn't... not at all on board and well neither are joe and nori because you know they crash at the uh rennie's place and then he gives them uh say you know, prepares them a breakfast of eggs and such and such but uh i don't i don't remember them eating it so <laughs> no i don't remember seeing them eat it either and they're very suspicious of him which you know I think I would be as well. If I saw a an apparition of him with stab wounds and then a knife sure. in my hand, yeah. Sure. It's only uh, natural. Mm-hmm. And they do know he's not the best guy. Not completely I mean, innocent. They haven't seen all of what he's done because they're not privy to all the stuff. You know, they don't know that he's killed Maxine and all that stuff. But they do know he's not a good guy. Yeah, they yeah. have taken Barbie's word on some of that stuff. So, and a little of this, I think, was—I mean, it was supposed to be uh, a, an allusion to what happened last week, where he was going to hang himself, and Julia saved him, and he's feeling like he needs to do some uh, some sacrificing. Uh, and and what he was trying to do with the butterflies and coming up with the whole uh, or, or offering to fly the crop duster at, uh, later on, um, it sounds like he's trying to almost turn over a new leaf, really. You know, it, a lot of that would ne- wouldn't necessarily be, uh, you know, good for him or, you know, because the less food there is, the more power he has, for example. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. I, yeah, I, we'll talk about that yeah, later. <laughs> my, 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 my thoughts about Jim, I, I'm still conflicted as to is he trying to be, the you know, tr- trying to go in the right direction or is he faking left, moving right kind of thing? You know, that's that, that's that's still a uh, it's still a question that's up in the air. Yeah. Now, I have to say, Dean Norris is a super good actor. Do you agree with me on that? I would agree. Okay, because like in Breaking Bad and and some other stuff, like he was on uh, Castle. He was in the episode Cops and Robbers, which is a really good episode where um, Castle gets stuck in a bank, held hostage, and he's the hostage negotiator. Um, Super good acting in that one. And in Breaking Bad, he was great. I mean, not over the top at all. In this episode, he is clearly overacting clearly (laughs) and i think it's on purpose i mean it has to be right because he's he's he can be subtle when he wants to be he can yes he's a very good actor so something about that says to me that that is on purpose that he's acting like that on purpose and the fact that the town is giving him credit for saving them once again from the magnetic dome is Kind of feeding into that, playing into his mm. hand there. Right. And and he's super cheerful, which, again, is not him. Uh, you know, the minute he wakes up, it's the used car salesman act. <laughs> All over I'm, again, yes. I'm feeling it. And he actually reminds us in the church about being a used car salesman. He fa- says he something says, I about- had faith to uh, I f- I had faith that I could sell uh, any of you a used car if you walked onto my lot. Yeah. Exactly. So he's reminding us that he's a used car salesman. And it really does kind of hit us, at least me, in a subtle way that this guy is putting on some sort of front. And I really do think he is putting on a front. Uh, I I don't think this is genuine. Was the was the hanging the the uh, attempted hanging a front? I think when he got up there, it might not have been. I think when he was freed, quote unquote, whatever happened there, he took that as a sign that the dome didn't want him dead. And so now. He can, he's the savior now. Ah. The dome wants him to be the savior of everyone. The dome wouldn't let me go. I, you know, the dome told me to, to make a sacrifice. I've done it. Now it wants me to be the savior. 
and he gets I've... that he gets that opportunity a little while later um, because uh, Rebecca Pine, our teacher, is trying to what I thought create a kind of a firewall, killing all the larvae in one particular field before they mm-hmm. move on to the next one. So right. burn it out and you know and try yeah, to yeah like deal a with controlled that. burn. I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah. Not much. And, not much uh, uh, controlling a burn though in uh, under the dome if if it hasn't it hasn't rained since I don't know what was it day three four or something like that. Yeah. So setting a fire a big fire like that is a you got to watch yourself. But hello, uh, Miss Scientist. She's not a good scientist, is she? <laughs> and I don't think she really understands what empirical is because she's kind of taking Big Jim at face value. Well, she's taking she takes the whole idea into her own hands without talking it over with anyone. She's just burning up mm-hmm. the uh, crops because she saw them in her garden, and so you know that's right. A, take it all out. That's a that's a little a little rushed for a science teacher. That's sure. True. But yes, uh, and 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 being a science teacher not doesn't necessarily make her a good judge of character. Correct. Although, really, you would think that I don't know a science teacher, in particular would know how to reason things through. Wouldn't you think? You would think, yes. Okay. That's I mean, that's just my opinion. Take a step by step, you know, approach to everything. Right. Take a step back, look at it. And not just that, but you know, hey, guys, there's a lot of caterpillar larvae coming out. What should we do? Um, Here's you know, my it's not idea. Right. It's not just in that field. She had to know that, right? That it wasn't just going to be in that field. Indeed, and and so burning that up is going to. It's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, really. it's got to. You have to have a bigger a bigger uh, solution to this big problem. Right, her scope was very small, so. Yeah, and from the very beginning, of her part in this episode, it was, oh, big Jim, save us. Um. I thought, in her case. I thought there were a couple of times, one at Angie's funeral and uh, another time perhaps uh, at the at the crop duster, where she seems like she's trying to push Big Jim into that role. And and she gets kind of a, when he, uh, there's at one, there's one point, and uh, I'm getting ahead of myself again here because this is the kind of the murder mystery uh, part of the uh, plot line. But he talks about Big Jim kind of, defers that no i'm not the hero here and maybe he's just doing it as false modesty but she looks at him she she they they cut to her and she kind of looks at him like wait a minute don't say that right you know so i'm wondering if there is some sort of play going on in the background with her maybe she wants to be number two maybe i don't know but she definitely does not want barbie to take the credit for any of the stuff that he did in this episode but she does allow him to grab the crop duster, she kind of, you know, brings Big Jim off to the side, kind of faking a little conversation and allows Barbie to go get the uh, crop duster in the Yeah, but do you think she knew that Barbie was going to take off? I thought that's what he said he was intended to do. No, he didn't say that exactly. Ah. He he said, you know, hey, something, he just said something to the effect of, um, hey, I got to, something to the effect of, you know, I... We need to make sure this is done right, so can you distract him? It was something like that. Okay. And then she went off with Big Jim, and then she was just as surprised as Big Jim when they turned around and the plane was taken off. I think she thought that maybe he was going to go and have Big Jim do stuff on the ground, but not behind their back. So and that, both of that, us here are, are not entirely on board with... Um... With the teacher here, uh, Rebecca being everything that so far we've that, of what we've seen, uh, no, I don't think above she's, board here. No, I don't think she's altruistic. I don't. I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> I'm really not. I, she's very rash. Uh, she seems quick to do stuff, and even last week, her plan was. Um, I don't know. She seemed to just take charge and here's what we're going to do and we're going to do it no matter what. And it wasn't really the thing that ended up doing it. Very interesting. So, yeah. So she, she's she got she's got a kind of a rash side to her, 
one where she just jumps in, and that could be uh, that could spell some problems for uh, for our crowd later on. Yeah, that's two weeks in a row that her plan has not worked when she's taken charge and and uh, tried to get something done. So well, Barbie grabs that crop duster and finds out that uh, there is a separate, there is a brand new gas tank, a, a secret one. That yeah, apparently that was Big interesting. Had, yeah, I thought that was when he said, you know, reach under and flick the switch. It reminded me of a, a big old van that I drove way back in the day, and it had two tanks, and the switch was under the dash, and you flip it mm -hmm. over, and boom! All of a sudden, you get a whole bunch of a uh, bunch of get up and go. And uh, but it was manufactured that way. Yes. Yeah. It had to been. Yeah. It wasn't jury rigged that way. So, uh, so yeah, that 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 that's calling back to, and I thought we were going to be possibly done with the whole um, rapture drug storyline, but maybe maybe we're not, or maybe it was just uh, something that we could call back to. That was Chekhov's gun, that we showed that we had yeah. drug running going on in, in the first season, and we use an implement that was used for it in the second season, and so maybe that was the deal there. Well, here's another another hint, I think, to the fact that he, hey, Big Jim's a good guy, but Wait a minute. Remember, he used to run drugs. Yeah. Um. So maybe that's a little. Hey, don't get too complacent with Big Jim, sort of thing. Um. Just remember his past. He's 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 trying right. to play the good guy, but don't forget his past. Right. Two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, less than two weeks ago, like two days ago. Oh, yeah, that's true. So and yeah. Maybe when the dome comes down, it'll start back up again. Of course. Uh, you know, he's going to go back. This isn't a permanent change for him. Mm -mm. As soon as he's out in the real world and, and there's no dome to keep him contained, you know, he's not a changed man. And that brings us to... And now, the Barbie of the Week. Aviator Barbie comes with crop duster with damaged wing and a secret gas tank. Teacher Rebecca sold separately as a diversion. This has been the Barbie of the Week. There we go. So is that little part of the wing, is that detachable? Ah, well, it's clearly not necessary. He was able right. to land it just fine. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, he didn't really Not going to have any maneuver. lights on that side of the plane now, but hey. Yeah, so if they need to use it again. Hmm. And there is that thing, because they and they mentioned it specifically. You get too close to the dome, and it messes with the electrical stuff. You know, yeah. He's right on top of it. That's you know, there are lights on the end of the wing. Mm -hmm. No real effect this time. So it was kind well, of. He had a a minute there where he kind of had to mess with it before it hit the dome, but it was very just a second. It wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. And and there was you know the the issue with the the gas running out and that sort of thing so that was that seemed to be more the issue than an electrical issue. Yeah, it did. Um, it was really really bad special effects. I have to say <laughs> as well when he was in the cockpit. Uh, green screen not so good in that case. But hey, you know. But he I'll, uh, I'll deal. he lived happily ever after. He landed. He killed, I guess, all of these uh, butterfly larvae, these caterpillars. My question is, if the monarch butterflies are important to the story, important to the dome, you know, it, it hatches one inside the mini dome. They show up a lot here and there. And now we've killed all these caterpillars. Is there going to be some sort of uh, retaliation from the dome? Hey, for hey, that? hey. Shh. That's one of my things. Oh, later. <laughs> okay. All right. That was just something that came into my mind. I will. I okay. will let you have that later. Okay. No, well, no, no. We'll discuss. We'll both discuss. It Alrighty. Later. We're gonna move on to uh, the B story. Alrighty. The uh, murder mystery of Angie McAllister. Ah, uh, poor Angie. I'm gonna miss her. Yeah. I liked her. I liked the actress. Um. Well, the last thing that actress got to do before she uh, left us was scream. And what she was doing at the time was looking in that locker. Yes. So the question, and now they tried to open it and were unable to. Mm -hmm. So the question is, do you have any predictions or so of what's behind door number one? 
It was Marcellus Wallace's soul. <laughs> Who? You haven't seen Pulp Fiction, I'm guessing? I have not. Okay. he They're fighting over a briefcase through the whole movie, and when they open it, you can't see in it as the viewer of the movie, but it glows, and people try to guess, like watchers of the movie try to guess what was in it, and and it said, because he wears a Band-Aid on the back of his neck through the whole movie, that what's in the briefcase is actually his soul. So it's just a joke. Alrighty. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm guessing it's not that. That's just me. No, I'm guessing it's I'm not I'm just that. taking a stab here and saying no. No. But uh, I don't know what's in it. Um, she, well, it, it, it was interesting enough. It was interesting enough to um, to stare at for a little while. I mean, it was you know not just a, an empty locker. Something is clearly in there. Right now, I don't think it's what facilitated her murder uh, although now see I don't know because the MacGuffin obviously points to Junior having done it Yes, but that since it points to him it tells me it's probably not probably him. not yeah and we know that it's not Big Jim because who was it Nori saw him in the house it was Nori right yes so it's not Nori, it's not Joe, or at least we think it's not Joe. Um, it's not Big Jim. It's probably not Junior. It's not Barbie. It's not Julia. Not the Lady of the Lake. No, it's not the Egg Girl. Um, so who could it be? I don't know. Uh, oh, she admitted, she admitted being there. Yeah. Which which says speaks well to the fact that she you know she admitted being she there, so she it. must not she would not have necessarily done it. The the bloody shoe print. Uh, yeah. I don't think she did it. Yeah. I don't think she did it. Um, again, I think she's from the egg. Um, I don't think she causes deaths. I think Angie was not a dome death. I think she was a death, a malevolent death caused by someone inside the dome. And whether the dome was making the person crazy or not, it was because of whatever was in that locker, maybe. Um, yeah, and it was... I, I can't go with the wrong place at the wrong time, kind of thing. Uh, and I don't, I can't think of anybody who would have a reason to go after Angie specifically. Like they, that, that just happened to be where they caught up with her when she was alone, and so they were able to, you know, whack her with the shovel or whatever. I thought right, it, was, it right. looked a, to me to be a spear last week, but I think it's one of these, you know, little small hand spades. It's got a pointy end, so I thought right. as soon as I saw that, it said spear. You know. Maybe it was Stephen King. That would make sense. Didn't that like make sense coffee to me. last week. <laughs> there were grounds in it. <laughs> um, it was a man because she had bruises on her. Yes, now, got the big Why hand. would she have bruises? Um, possibly because he somebody grabbed her before they hit her. Well, we didn't see that. We kind of saw no, her didn't. when that was going to happen. When that was happening, yeah. yeah. Something just came down, and yeah, although strange, whatever. I'll have to get whatever, Angela Lansbury on the case here. It's another MacGuffin. <laughs> hey, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Well, and in looking into this, uh, Julia goes to Sam, and Sam so shows her drawings of a girl, Lady, Lady of the Lake, drawn 20 years ago by mm -hmm. Junior's mom, uh, you know, Penelope. Penelope, yeah. And uh, But 20 years ago. So that gives us more of a... The paintings, I think, were more recent because they had a kind mm -mm. of an older. Well, they had an older junior in it. They weren't twenty years. Well, no, ago. no, those were the ones she was painting now. Well, no, the ones they saw last season that showed that junior showed them with him and the pink stars and an egg and the pink stars and all that stuff. Last season they had uh, they went into a where she did some painting before and they 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 showed these these paintings. Right. And I think those are a little more recent. Because, Are you sure? Because, well, I, I thought it was an older junior. I mean, it, well, it, yeah, it certainly it, wasn't 20 years ago. Otherwise, he'd be a very, been, very you know, young child. It could have been. I think she died a long time ago. Or quote, unquote, died a long time ago. 
See, I think she was painting the future. So it was going to be however old Junior was when the stars fell. Ah, okay. So she's painting him as he would be when that happened. Oh, right. Okay, as possibly. he would be when the dome fell. So I think she's painting, because she painted the egg girl as she is now when the uh -huh. dome fell. That's true. That's true. Um, I think she's painting this timeline and, or sketching or whatever. Now, how Sam ended up with the sketchbook and he doesn't realize that his sister's still alive. I don't know. Unless, uh, yeah, unless his sister really, really faked everybody out. Um, maybe they had, you know, we got conspiracy theories going on here. Maybe Sam had something to do with, uh, it, with her death. Well, I'm thinking if the military is aware of kind of what's in the dome, the egg, if they knew about the egg, maybe they knew about the paintings and have had, um, you know, uh, Penelope, I don't know, on their radar for quite some time. And mm. so they faked her death. Maybe. Yeah. Although she seemed to be living uh, her own life in that loft. I don't know. I'm, I'm going with that. that. I'm going to make that an official prediction and we'll see how okay. that goes. I think that there was some hinkiness in town that she, maybe Big Jim and Sam are both not good guys and she faked her death to get away from them uh now why she would get away from junior i don't know but yeah the best way to fake your death is to make sure everybody believes it right and she wouldn't she would have to leave her son i guess during this whole murder mystery uh thing going on here it seemed to me that Phil is really getting into the law enforcement thing. Oh, man, with the uniform and everything. And well, they've got lots of uniforms, apparently, because everybody fits very nicely. You know, they get the ones Oh, no, his did size. not fit nicely. Oh, no, didn't? No, it was a little baggy. He didn't no. fill it out very well. He's not very cut. <laughs> um, but he was very... He was ready to arrest anybody who was in getting in his yeah. way. I don't know, you were... You know, resistant arrest or, you know, Super uh, impeding, presumptuous. impeding the investigation. Oh, man, alive. I mean, he was two days ago. He was a DJ. I know he was. Well, he, see, and here's what makes me think that maybe he was the guy who killed Angie. Oh. First of all, we know he was involved in all that drug business because he had Gordon Shumway's car. Yes. He knew about Gordon Shumway's debts. And he knew about Barbie. And he knew about all that drug stuff. So what if that stuff in the locker implicated him in something? He doesn't know all the stuff that happened. You know, that, like, all that stuff had broken up and, like, he couldn't mm -hmm. really be caught or whatever. I mean... But he's still trying to cover his tracks. Right. You think he doesn't something... know that he doesn't have to cover his tracks <laughs> anymore, right? You think there's something in the locker from that? Maybe. And does he stake out that locker? Does he, you know, every Maybe time somebody he... goes into this, this school, he's making sure they don't look at the locker? Maybe he just realized it was there. Because um, if you notice, she she was kind of following the egg girl there. True. Maybe the egg girl... Wanted Went her to there find because it? he left it there. Maybe ah. he had just left it there. Ah, I just left it, and so she he he just happened to be in the neighborhood when she walks by. Right, because yeah. the egg girl said that something told me to go there. I don't know. Hmm. So I don't know, but it really makes me feel like Phil had done it, and that's sad because I liked Phil in the first season. But there's something about Phil that rubbed me the wrong way last night. And Junior now thinks that he might have done it. Now, he can't remember the events of the previous night. Mm -hmm. So, But like you said earlier, that seems to be kind of the easy answer. Yeah. Uh, he had slept in that room, in that, you know, that cell uh, the night before, and the killer could have simply planted them underneath sure. his bed there and made him think that he was... Uh, the killer. Now the question would be, how, why doesn't he? Why does he not remember what was it? What was it? Was he drunk or something like that? Did yeah, he pass out, blackout drunk. And so, did might be interesting to try to go back and figure out, did he do it or was he drinking with someone who was trying to make sure that he would See, be blacked out saying. drunk? 
And who's been in and out of the sheriff's office? Phil. Who would know that he's blackout drunk? Mm. Who would be able to plant evidence underneath the bunk? Phil, say it isn't so. I mean, it all kind of points to Phil, doesn't it? It kind of kind of does, yeah. Kind of yeah, does. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Now that you put it that way, yeah. Yeah. He would know that that Junior was drinking and passed out and that he had a fixation with Angie. And if he took something off of Angie, he could just kind of set it there next to Junior. And so. so things are, are moving along there a little quickly, a little maybe a little too quickly. Uh, people are making too many assumptions. Yeah, but the, again, we have said this, um, and it was on our TV talk show, but that they're under a dome. So you kind of have to nip things in the bud. You're, you're in an enclosed environment. You can't let murderers run around free. That's true. That's true. Well, but but Junior is making an assumption about himself. Now, he's he's afraid he might have done that. Initially, he said he couldn't have done that, except that he was ready to shoot the Lady of the Lake at yeah. one point. And then he stops and then Joe gets ready to do it. Yeah. Well, it, so, it is so his sister. It is his sister, but I, I that seems to be way out of character for Joe. Something has changed. That, that yeah, that may have made him snap. But that's, well, I'm just thinking Junior might be rubbing off on him or something like that. Or the dome. <laughs> or we can go back to the dome and say the dome's doing it. Thank you. Alrighty. Anyway, so we've got a lot of fun going on. We got butterflies and and dead people and murder mysteries, and now we have the obituary section. We are say, we are saying goodbye to thousands of caterpillars, monarch larvae, whatever they are, they're dead now. We didn't have any humans die in this one, but no, but at least uh, we have we have somebody. Somebody's got to die, you know. Every every episode, well, something or something. And so this time it's thousands of caterpillars, and we're sorry to see them go. They. Uh, all they wanted was, you know, a little lunch. I don't know. I'm not sorry to see them go, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to turn a few pages here down to the editorials. Why are you always hogging the paper? I, I'm sorry. You can have the uh, the nature section here. Um, I don't want that section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can I have the comics? The comics. You can have the comics. I, okay. I've finished with them already. Okay. That's I the place people. I go to first. Well, doesn't everyone? But you need to write your editorial. You have some issues with this uh, episode, and uh, I'd like to discuss them with you, but go ahead. Yes, please. This is, I know this is supposed to be my section, but I want this to be like a discussion between the two of us. So, Absolutely. Um, number one, I noticed one thing, especially when at the beginning, and I know I keep coming back to this in this episode, but... In the beginning, Barbie does the voiceover, and he says, two weeks ago, dot, dot, dot. Everybody is so familiar after two weeks. Um, a lot of these people have known each other. But for the most part, the main group of people have not been close. Barbie didn't know any of these people two weeks ago. Um, nor he didn't know any of them. Nor he knew none of them. Um, they continue to say things like, I know you too well. Um, Barbie and Julia have a huge fight, like they've been married for 10 years <laughs> in this episode. And, uh, you know, he says something to the effect of, oh, so uh, I'm just supposed to agree with you on everything? <laughs> I liked that line, though. It was yeah, good. <laughs> but the, that's not something you argue about in a relationship that you've only had for like six days. You're usually walking on eggshells still at that point. Right. But you'd still, you'd kind of, I don't know, you would not be at that point. Right. I mean, you would kind of let things go. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like you said, there are a lot of people that have, that do know each other there, but, uh, but it's being applied to everyone, even the, uh, the new folks. Right. I hope and they, and and they shouldn't even be able to say that about Sam because he's been allegedly a recluse out in the woods, and so right, yeah, Big Jim might not even know much about him. Yeah, I I get the feeling that they knew each other when he was married, but it's been years. Yeah. So, you know, they I don't know, and you know, the teacher obviously no, not so much, but 
the only relationship I could see was maybe Big Jim with the townsfolk, and that's a fake relationship, even still. Indeed. Well, it's a fake relationship, but it's been being faked for a long time. Right. And I can't see him saying, I know you guys too well, and actually meaning that. But like Joe says something to Nori where he says, I know you too well. Uh, what? <laughs> no, you don't know her too well. Um, and, you know, they're going to they're going to Angie's funeral. Right. And Nori says, oh, I, I, I can't find him anywhere. And there's some words exchanged. And I'm thinking, your mother just died like three days ago. Mm hmm. And they're not being very sensitive to you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It, it's kind of hard because it's been a year since we actually saw that, but that's true. It would have just happened uh, just a few days ago, less than a week. At, yeah, they're uh, kind of the longest. They're being kind of sharp with her, as in, where's Joe? He needs to be here for his sister's funeral. And they're not, you know, <laughs> they're expecting her to find him when she should really just be crying in her room right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, the, her mourning. Her grieving uh, kind of ended a little soon, but uh, but at least it it as I mentioned in the, uh, the our preview show that it it, it actually worked a bit. Uh, they kind of gave her a uh, a story arc there uh, regarding the death of her one of her mothers. Oh but, sure, uh, but yeah, at, at this point it's still it still ought to be still ought to be present. Right. Okay. And so that's one of my nitpicks. Okay, is that the the two weeks seems to be really quick. Barbie and Julia should not have been in a married relationship for ten years, because <laughs> that fight was <laughs> was for married people. Okay, now, what's your other nitpick? There's some foreshadowing happening. Um, Big Jim is serving coffee, so that makes me wonder about him. Oh, he's going to be uh, be killed looking into a locker now, huh? Well, I don't know, but he's serving lots of things. Breakfast, coffee, even before he knows that Angie's dead. No, that's true. Um, and he's also, one of the things that I found interesting, and I hope no one finds this, I don't know, um, what do you call it when you're... Offensive? Well, offensive is one word, but you'll tell me uh, because you're a churchgoer. Um he was saved from death, but he came very close. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if he thinks he's risen and like ah. is the second coming. Um, I think he might think he's the Jesus of the dome. Um, I but, see what you're getting at. Yeah, I, I, I can see that uh, that kind of archetype. Uh, okay. Kind of, you, you know, somebody who has gone through, he's finally, you know, he's realized that what he needs to do is is to uh, to sacrifice himself, and right. he does so, but is saved, you know, separately. He, he in this case, he's not the one saving himself, but uh, he's somebody else saves him. The dome has saved the him. The dome has saved him. Uh, right. And so, he's found his religion. Right. So from our perspective, maybe he's like a false prophet or a cult leader, but. I think that was the vibe they were going for during mm -hmm. the uh, funeral. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think in his mind, he's the second coming or the third coming or whatever he, mm -hmm. he wants to think of. He's the dome coming, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like homecoming, but dome coming. <laughs> um, I didn't even put that together until I said it just now. Um, you're, you're good. You're good like that. <laughs> Thank you. So he's the dome coming. Uh I, I really do think he's got this Jesus complex. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if there's this kind of religious theme. And I know Stephen King writes religious themes in his books sometimes. So we'll see if that pans out. And, you know, the cult thing is definitely there. Yes. Um, so, you know, there is that religious thing. But I wonder if they're making it more overt to a more like a born again Jesus sort of theme. Kind of like then, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. Well, yeah. And that was the next thing I was going to say is the life cycle thing. Uh, they are literally hitting us over the head with it. <laughs> I mean, if they could have come out of the screen with a big club, 
and hit us over the head. Um, We'd have all dying been butterflies, <laughs> yes, eggs hatching, caterpillars. But and here's where I stopped you. They are artificially killing the larvae. Yes. Um, so I'm wondering if there's going to be consequences to that. And is the dome going to take it out on someone? That is something that didn't even hit me until, oh, I don't know, earlier today. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're killing them. Now, but, you know, it's it's a survival thing. If you're, if you're all into the you know this whole bit about the dome doing this and the dome doing that and if the dome is is moving around these butterflies if the dome the butterflies are kind of an expression of the dome and then the butterflies lay eggs that are eating all your food what do you do do you you know are you you know genuflecting towards the dome or are you surviving you know another well, day is the dome culling the people inside the dome i mean uh, remember we're one of my theories is that the dome is culling the people inside the dome to make it a younger generation. So, you know, now that they're killing the caterpillars that are turning into butterflies that were eating the harvest, you know, they're stopping that from happening. Maybe the dome's got something worse in mind. That, see, that's what I'm saying, is that yeah. it now they're stopping that from happening. So is the dome... Is the dome going to cause more deaths? Be to a be plan B, yeah. Right, more gruesome deaths instead of this, you know, just a natural, hey, we're going to start to death. death. Well, mm. unnatural, but natural. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, and here's the thing. Is it going to start with the person who found out that they were going to starve? Hello, teacher. Oh, so I want to keep my eye on that. Is it going to be Rebecca? And of course, we're headed down that road. Barbie said something about Sam to Julia during their fight. So he's definitely pointing at, hey, Julia, are you watching the Sam guy? A little too close, point, point. <laughs> and I'm thinking that they're going to try and, you know, put Sam with Julia as a uh, alternate love interest and put Barbie with Rebecca. Boy, less than two weeks and we got a love triangle. Of course. A love quadrangle. No, oh, quadrangle. Okay. Because I think Rebecca and oh, I gotcha. That's the scientific term. But a again, love quadrangle. Two, two weeks. It's in two weeks. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. Alrighty. So those are things to watch for and nitpicks and thanks for listening to my ranting. Okay, so now that brings us to our next section of the newspaper. This is the letters to the editor. Stuff you've written in or sent in voicemail or speak pipe widget or whatever. Now, I want to say, I need to say something here first. I want to read this first listener feedback, this first letter to the editor from Barb. And she says, hey, Karen and Doug. You should call the feedback section of your podcast, Letters to the Editor, in keeping with the newspaper theme, Just a Thought. And I want to say, Barb, that was what I was going to do. <laughs> great minds I, think alike, Barb. Yeah, I had, well, except in this case, it's a great mind and a forgetful one thinking alike. <laughs> I fully intended to introduce it as Letters to the Editor. That was what was written in our notes, and then I didn't say it. But Barb, thank you very much. You caught it, and uh, you know, I you, you you nailed me. I'm sorry. Uh, you you caught me where I uh, I had forgotten completely what I was going to call it. Letters to the editor, and that's what it is. Okay, thank you, Barb. You've done a great job. And why don't you, Karen? Why don't you do this uh, next little one from here? Barb wrote again with you know actual stuff about the uh, the episode. The episode. Yes, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but thank you. Barb has two positions. In our newspaper this week. Um, first, she's with the corrections department. <laughs> and second, she's applied for uh, a position with the political cartoon Lampoonist. <laughs> um, here are a few thoughts about infestation. Number one, it appears our lovebirds, Barbie and Julia, are headed toward a falling out. Don't you just hate those short-term relationships? See, I agree completely. That's, that's what I'm saying, Barb. Really short-term. Yes, six Whirlwind. days. Whirlwind. 
craziness. Dogs and cats living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. N- n- not quite that. No, but you know. <laughs> and number two, Big Jim has a big admirer in Dr. Science. He may be getting more than fresh vegetables from her soon. Do you think? After uh, Rose? I think that is more a power play than a uh, than a winking eye. Yeah, I don't think there's a love match happening there. Um I think there's a, an admiration. I think maybe she'll be his right-hand man, as it were. You think? I, I think that's what she's hoping for. Yeah. Um, and point number three, how about that airplane flying in a perfect arc, just scraping its wing against the dome? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty perfect. It didn't really whittle the wing down. I was impressed. Much. I was too. I can't believe that Barbie has better flying skills than... Houston, Houston Hero Scully? Who is that? Hudson Hero Scully? I don't know. In my non-domed world, that wing would have ripped right off and it would have been bye-bye, Birdie Barbie. <laughs> ah, yeah. There's an, uh, an option for the Barbie of the week, the bye-bye, oh, yeah. Birdie Barbie. Number four, I was waiting for creepy lake chick. Okay, I have Lady of the Lake. You have... Egg girl. Yes, creepy to lake ra- chick. <laughs> To rally the butterflies to attack Joe and Junior from the confines of her jail cell. But alas, that didn't happen. Interesting idea. Instead, they fed on Angie Gross so much for being chosen. Um, Were they feeding on her? Or were they laying on her? I don't know. Were they laying eggs on her? Or were they just, uh, just, uh, you know, being there to say, maybe they're just paying their last respects. I just think they were following Egg Girl. I don't even want to think about that. (laughs) Now, see, that would have been cool if she was like Snow White and she could like call the butterflies to her like, oh. (laughs) And the little bluebirds or something, yes. Exactly. (laughs) Um, How does the diner have so much coffee? Did they raid Maxine's coffers? Only two weeks ago, dome time, there were riots in the streets. And they weren't rioting for coffee, clearly. Yeah, well, again, only two weeks. The diner would have two weeks worth of coffee. That's true. How much? Yeah, how much uh, food would they have now? Some of that stuff, you know, is gone from the uh, from the raids and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. but Big Jim, Big Jim may have had some. They may have brought some in. I don't know. Everybody's that... pooled their coffee for the good of the town. <laughs> Come on, I would not have brought my coffee in. That's all I'm saying. I'm keeping my coffee. Um, and her sign-off, that's it for the week, folks. This is Barb signing out, pulling out my old yearbook, and looking at sketches. She Thanks, Barb. Drawn, she might have drawn somebody's face that, uh, mm. you know, 20 years ago. Hmm. Hang on to that, Barb, just in case it's important. Okay, we have another bit of feedback, another letter from Mad Town. At least that's the name he used, and that's the I name I'll call him. Yeah. Hi, Mad Town. Under the Dome is already suffering from the Walt problem with references <laughs> to Lost. That is, kids as lead characters grow up faster than the story. If season two is supposed to be within the same few weeks as season one, mm-hmm. it's rather jarring to see the teenagers looking a year older already. Yeah. Thanks for the yeah. podcast. I'll be listening. And that's from Madtown. Agreed. Yeah, the Walt Joe. problem. <laughs> and and the thing about Lost, too, is it had a full... Uh, the, the first few years of it had a full 21, 22, 23 episode season and Under the Dome is only doing 13 and so the effect is going to be even more pronounced. Correct. And Joe, I mean, really, Joe looks so much older. Uh, he looks like he has gone through, I don't know, like he's in wrestling training. His whole neck is huge. <laughs> Uh, he's really the only one that I really notice it on. I think Nori looks a little older, but not by much. Uh, she, You know, you could play off Nori as she hasn't slept very well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, she just, yeah, yeah. Um, but Joe looks really quite a bit older. So, yeah, I agree, Madtown. Thumbs he, up. He's referring to uh, Walt in yeah in the TV show Lost, who was uh, yeah they had to actually grew- write him off the show. Yes, they did. They had to at the end of the first season, right? They uh, had him yeah. kidnapped, and uh, we really didn't see him much after that. A few apparitions of him, but um, right, and they could have been from the future. So 
Yeah, that was the that was the uh, the the cheat there. Yeah, I felt bad for the kid. He had a lot of potential, and yeah. so does Joe. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're just gonna hand wave that. Yeah, yeah, I think Which, they have to. To me, is okay. Uh, I don't mind that they hand wave it because he is such an important character. But I, and see, I don't think it's gonna matter so much in Junior's case because he is just a young adult. Yeah. Um, he's going to look that way for a few years, but Joe, he's, he's going through that phase. <laughs> well, if you've got some letters to the editor for us, there's a couple of ways to do Well, more than a couple is quite a few, but you've got to get them to us eh, plus or minus Wednesday at six o'clock Eastern time, 6 PM Eastern time, because we record a couple hours after that. The phone number for Golden Spiral Media's feedback line is 304-837-2278. And just like last week, I have a, a few words. You know, you take a phone number and turn it into the words based on the letters on the telephone. You ready for this one? Yeah. 30-I-verb-art. So 304-837-2278 or 30-I-verb-art. Are you going to come up with a new one every week? I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many there are actually going to be useful. I like that. Goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback is the, the main place for this. You can type in some text there. You can record a speak pipe uh, recording right there. You hit the button and your computer's microphone will record your voice for an audio file. You can attach an actual audio file, create it yourself, and upload it there. On Twitter, we are at Doug Payton and at Alaveria, A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A. We use the hashtag UTD, under the dome, UTD Gazette, one Z, two Ts. And just recently, uh, uh, Karen and I have become editors of the Golden Spiral Media Facebook page. So we can post things there. So if you post stuff there, we'll see it. Well, we would have seen it anyway. We'd see it anyway. That's true. But, <laughs> but now boy. we can really look at it. Yes. We, and, and you know, post things there. We, all this power. What are we going to do with it? I don't know. I can already post stuff on a bunch of pages there. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go, folks. Now, if you do not like spoilers, this is the point where you say goodbye. Later. Take us out of your ear holes. That's right. But we are moving over to the weather forecast page. And for the weather forecast, these are the spoilers. All right, we have some information about next week's episode. And Karen, take it away. Sure. Uh, Episode three, the name is Force Majeure, Latin for superior force, which, again, you translated that. No, no, Um, no. I looked it up. Well, It's a whole different thing than translated. I did not look it up. Dwight Yoakam guest stars. That Dwight Yoakam, yes, you country music fans. That's right. I don't know any song he sings off the top of my head. Me either. Okay. But I know he's a country music singer. Mm -hmm. Um, He stars as Lyle, the town barber. Bringing a new meaning to barbershop quartet, yes. (laughs) I like that. When tensions in Chester's Mill continue to rise as resources dwindle, Big Jim holds a census in order to forecast how long the town could continue to exist under the dire conditions. Dun-dun-dun. Mm. Meanwhile, a rainstorm brings much-needed water. Ooh, you mentioned rain. We're going to get rain. Well, because we're setting fires, for crying out loud. Yeah, that's true. Until it changes to acid rain, threatening the lives of everyone it touches. Double-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Threatening the lives, or at least the skin complexion. Yeah, that could be bad. Could be pockmarks. Could be Tommy Lee Jones everywhere. <laughs> also, Rebecca and Lyle butt heads over the reasons for the dome's existence on under the dome. Is that Monday, before July, or after they get hit by acid rain? Yeah, I don't know. Acid rain, acid rain. I'm sorry, wrong song. Uh, <laughs> so that's Monday, July 14th. At 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, no, yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern. That's right. It looks like Sherry Stringfield is back as Pauline next week. And I don't know whether that's going to be in Junior's mind or whether that's going to be outside the dome. I hope it's outside the dome. I really want to see more of that. Yeah. And 
Dwight, of course. Oh, and we have a news anchor. It is going to be outside the dome. Ah. Because we have a news anchor, and that's going to be on the TV. That's cool. Spoiler alert, as we said. That's what it was. Outside the Dome, uh, written by Adam Stein and directed by co-executive producer Peter Leto. All righty then. Well, thanks for that little update. Sure. And thank you for reading this issue of the Chester's Mill Gazette, one Z, two Ts. I'm Doug, podcasting on a wing and a prayer. And I'm Karen. And here's my little tidbit for those of you that already follow me on Twitter. Deciding the bug bite I got today is not from a man-eating butterfly. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.